0: Hello friends welcome back to the podcast today we have on a very special guest she's a youtuber a jujitsu player and just overall a fun person to talk to she plays in a couple different bands grave school sheer and a solo project called linda susan i had a real great time talking to her we talked about so many random and funny things that I never thought I'd open up about on the podcast. But sometimes in the moment, you just kind of kind of go with the flow. So I'm really happy to put this podcast out for you guys today. So without further ado, welcome Gina to the podcast. And we're live. Welcome to the podcast, Gina. Hi,
1: thanks for having me.
0: um Thank you for being down for the podcast. I uh, saw your band, Grave School. I can't remember. What it was I think it was like a month ago in Fullerton.
1: Oh yeah, program
0: yeah i i thought it was a pretty cool show it was like my first time being able to see you guys live and it was actually cool that you guys um played a show in orange county
1: yeah that was our first time playing orange county
0: and was it a good experience for you guys
1: yeah it was awesome we hadn't we actually hadn't played any shows for like almost a year before playing that our last show was with the culture views so it was sick that we came back and we played Orange County at Super Crush. So I was stoked on it; it was super fun. And programs always tight; like it's always a good show. People always show up just to go. It's always like super fun playing there. So I'm glad Grave School got to play there.
0: Okay, and uh, can you talk about uh, how Grave School came together?
1: Uh, yeah. So I guess it's kind of funny, but <laughs> I used to post covers on YouTube, <laughs> and I remember. Back when a tumblr was popping off, I posted a, a cover on tumblr <laughs> and Aldo saw it. Um, Aldo is our drummer and then we just were talking he's like oh we should jam because I lived close to the valley and we just started jamming and then Guzzy came on board and Daniel um, and Marissa as well and we all just started jamming and the rest is history.
0: <laughs> Damn and can you still find that cover on tumblr?
1: Oh hell no! I made all of my covers private. I'll, they'll never see the light of day. I pretend like they never happened. <laughs> I played a ukulele shaped like a telecaster, so that's how bad it was.
0: Wow! <laughs> um, can you at least share what song you covered that piqued Aldo's interest?
1: Oh, no. <laughs> um, I can't remember if it was The Smiths or Sea Haven. <laughs> it, I think it was The Smiths, but I'm not sure. But I, I had like a lot of a lot of different and interesting music choices on my covers so i'm not sure which one
0: it want. man tumblr was such a weird experience i remember <laughs> I, I i made a tumblr because I, I can't remember if i was like jumping from uh like wordpress or something it was, i was on like another like blogging website and i wanted like a fresh start and i stumbled upon tumblr and i was like okay this seems like really cool And I used it for a long time, but I just got over like all like the reblogs of other people's reblogs. And I just felt like I wasn't really looking at somebody's actual blog. I was just like on on, like some weird like feed of stuff that I didn't even really care about.
1: Yeah, it was (laughs) definitely Tumblr was its own world for sure. And I don't even think I actually came across people with personal blogs like once in a while you'll come across like a photography blog or somebody would post like whatever they were writing. But half the time it's just people reblogging stuff and like curating this like personal website for their like online persona, I guess. So a lot of it, I felt like was super, superficial, but I will admit you find some good, I found good music on there. And I just feel like that's where the scene kids went to like grow up a little, (laughs) So like Tumblr kind of was like the new MySpace, you know?
0: yeah and at some point it got like real like sexual because i it, my Dude, feed was yeah. just like a lot of just it was like, like you know, porn hub. yeah it, it was just like all these like uh like gifts from uh like i don't even know if they're from actual like pornos or people are making their own clips but yeah it just turned into like just like some i was just like, felt like i was just like watching porn <laughs> yeah tumblr
1: was like real horny hours 24 7 you know
0: yeah, and then
1: and it, was, it was like real horny hours and like title fight mosh photos.
0: <laughs> oh like, my! That was
1: Tumblr. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I I don't think I've ever seen any title fight mosh photos, but um, I, oh. I'm not I'm not upset at that.
1: Okay, all right, maybe it's just me then. Maybe it's who I was following.
0: <laughs> okay, well now I'm kind of curious. I I might have to log back into my Tumblr and go search for those.
1: Is it still a thing? It's still around, right?
0: yeah i'm i'm not gonna lie i, I think maybe like t- like two months ago um, I, I logged in because i was bored and i was just like reading all my old posts it was actually really sad
1: oh, oh. well hopefully you improved and now you're in a much better place
0: oh yeah yeah i, I like I, I got so sick of uh all like the clutter and crap i mm-hmm. i because of tumblr because it got so messy that's um the reason why i decided to just get my own website
1: yeah it's much better
0: yeah so i I feel like a little more professional and people can uh if they're at all curious they can just go to my website and not have to deal with like a bunch of nonsense
1: yeah or like weird anonymous people asking funny questions
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Did you get a, like a Did, lot of yeah. weird questions?
1: Yeah, but like people would like people wanted like someone to like slide into their Tumblr DMs and be like, be, like low key, I got a crush. You know what I mean? But and then it's like, oh, go off anon. I'm like, what? <laughs> so weird. But now I feel like the public they graduated because there's just like a hard ass DM slide now. Like there's just there's no rules. Everyone's going buck wild on the DMs these days.
0: No, man, I'm uh, <laughs> I, I, I always like joke with my friends uh, that one day all the girls that I DM would are going to out me for all the crazy things that I say. <laughs> Oh no! But um, uh, just for clarification, I, I don't ever say anything crazy. I'm, I'm really You're respectful. Just like, hey,
1: mommy, what that
0: thing do? <laughs> no, never, never, never anything crazy. Um, if you've ever gotten a DM from me, um, it, it's uh, just in like pretty similar fashion to all the other girls I've dm So. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it won't be too crazy. I, 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 won't be that embarrassed and I know that the people who read it will, won't even be surprised. What's
1: like the most embarrassing DM you ever sent
0: uh, the right
1: most, here. Say, say it loud for the people.
0: Most embarrassing DM. Hold on. Let me try to think <laughs> because I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit. I, I always, um, try to uh, tie things to Disney because I'm like a huge Disney fan. So like my curiosity is uh, always wondering if they're into Disney because that's like a kind of like a big deal for me.
1: That's a deal breaker,
0: huh? Uh, Yeah, because it's such like a big (laughs) part of my life and like it's might sound foreign to some people, but like um, that's like one thing that a girl that I'm interested in must be into. And not and not even on like on the same level as me, but at least just have some interest so we can go to Disneyland.
1: So is your DM like, "What's up, mommy? Are you the mini to my Mickey or not?"
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's no. Um, if I'm being honest, um, I'll just it just depends if like, if I don't know them, I'll have to ask just like initially if they even like Disneyland. Um, but if I know them, uh, I'll have to tie it in like just some cheesy way. Like, uh, there's a, have you ever been to like California adventure? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you know, the, the little mermaid ride. Uh,
1: Kinda. I, I, I
0: haven't been there in a long time. Okay. Well, uh, and I, I can't believe I'm telling this on the podcast. This is kind of embarrassing. but so
2: sick. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's go.
0: Okay. But there's, there's like a certain part of the ride where the, um, there's the scene of Ariel and Eric. Um, they're in the stupid rowboat and they're like about to kiss. So I'll, uh, <laughs> um, I'll DM a girl like that picture and be like, when can we do this?
1: No, it should be, uh, this could be us that you playing. <laughs>
0: Um, wow you know uh, Yeah,
1: or you can be like I'm out here trying to find Nemo and your heart
0: <laughs> Nemo and your heart okay that yeah. uh, that's my excuse are you writing
1: uh, these down because you could
0: <laughs> well it, it's being recorded so I'll, I'll listen yeah, to the playback I'll and I'll, I'll take notes then
1: <laughs> I think the most embarrassing DM I ever received it's like from this guy I don't even
0: yeah. I don't you even better know out him right, right now
1: I, I'm not gonna name names and it was like a long time ago. Like I think when like I first started playing in bands Okay, and I, I think I think the narrative definitely changed, but I think at first people like couldn't believe I still think sometimes people can't believe like Oh, there's a girl in the band. It's like taboo to some people like the, the non woke people, you know, okay <laughs> so they, the guy dn'd me and he played the rickenbacker guitar and all the DMs said was a uh, I I sold my Rick and, or I sold your wedding ring to buy my Rickenbacker. And I was just like, okay, we're flex, but okay. So I'm like, dude, what who says that? Like some some people just, you know, they just a the weird approach, but also like how do you just like straight DM someone you don't know? Like the weirdest shit.
0: It sounds like he was starting backwards.
1: Yeah, I'm like, are you dissing me or are you are you like trying to lose me? I don't get it.
0: Yeah. Wow. He, was,
1: it, it, he, he would always message me like weird shit. I'm like,
0: Oh, so he,
1: somebody uh, come get your man.
0: <laughs> so he, he was on a series of DMs.
1: Yeah. I, I swear like he had like something in his note his notepad on his phone. Mm-hmm. They would just like copy and paste, you know, different approaches.
0: That's very I hope that
1: doesn't make me sound like super rude, but it was it's hilarious. I sold your wedding ring to buy a Rick and <laughs>
0: what does that mean (laughs) i guess he's just trying to be relatable with you and the playing the guitar
1: but i'm like i I wasn't aware we were married
0: (laughs) yeah you're like i I think i missed that part of our relationship (laughs) i
1: should i should have come back at him with something better but i just left him on red
0: damn that might be the worst feeling
1: yeah, I kind of feel bad. Well, wow, I felt
0: like such a rude ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it, it definitely happens. Like, um, I, okay, and I kind of want to get off this topic because it's so embarrassing. Um, I <laughs> was, like, trying to flirt with this girl um, through the DMs. I, I was just trying trying to send her, like, cute shit, and she seemed pretty receptive in the beginning, but then I, I felt like she just got instantly over it. Hmm. so but it's okay
1: at least now you can just like like the message so it's like you don't want to be rude instead of straight ghosting someone
0: Uh, that's the worst it's just like all right here's my like i'm acknowledging your message but i don't want to talk to you anymore
1: (laughs) i guess yeah let me double double tap real quick but not reply
0: (laughs) yeah wow social media is i'm sorry um so interesting like when it comes to like you know the the game like when you're trying to like court like the person you're into
1: (laughs) but i feel like dude social media is such a big thing right now like I don't think people really know how to interact for reals now just because everything's digital. So it's like courting somebody through a DM is like the new norm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I, I get that because like when I try to talk to people in real life, uh, a lot of the times like people, yeah, people, I like, don't know how to like just socialize. People think I'm weird sometimes because I, I want to like say hi or just see how you're doing, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think that's why it's so cool to give a podcast, especially this podcast in general. Because it carries on like real conversation instead of just like messaging people online. and I think a lot of like the online communication people are like trying to live up to like this like persona that they put on. So they have to really think about what they say. This, and, you know, it takes away from like the honesty of the person that's in front of you. So it's like podcasts are so sick. Cause It's like you're really interviewing somebody, you're talking with someone that you like have genuine curiosity about. And I just feel like obviously online that's forgotten about.
0: Yeah, and part. I don't
2: think uh,
0: everything's so. Yeah, and sometimes or actually a lot of the time people's like personalities don't really translate to who they actually are in real life. So yeah. sometimes you can meet people who you think you know from just being online friends and then you meet them in person and, and it's just like totally different.
1: Yeah, they're shitty. Or they're just like <laughs> super weird. they they like catfish you.
0: They friend cat catfish you. Wow, well, friend catfish you. I, I think Dude, we need yeah, to try to figure out like a proper catfish. term for that. <laughs> um yeah
1: the social media like i think also because everyone it's hard to tell like what's reality when you're online or like just like on instagram or whatever so i think it also plays like a big negative impact on people because then i I think it causes a lot of social anxiety with people because you know maybe they feel intimidated because they think the way someone is perceived online is how they really is so when they're in, in person like I just feel like it's really awkward because like they have to try to live up to this cloud that they're building or like try to still be this person that they aren't really. So it causes like a lot of like social anxiety and like, and I'm, this is even coming from like an honest place with myself. Like I would be like depressed or feel like I would compare myself a lot to people online or like, I don't know. Like it's just, you have to like, I think people in general need to take a step back and remember like the real conversations and like, you don't always have to dm somebody to get to know them you could just speak to someone in real life you know social media is just like a crazy thing
0: yeah and it's like kind of sad and like you, you shouldn't um, have to compare yourself to other people from what you see online because like 99 yeah, percent of the time people are just posting the good stuff you know nobody's posting yeah, about exactly. like the bad shit that happens yeah for real so, yeah. So.
1: And so social media is cool to, like, meet people, too, and, like, discover new things. and But at the same time, it has to be, like, you can't, like, let yourself get lost in it, you know?
0: Yeah. You can't let the let real life be forgotten. Uh, that's why exactly. I always try to, um, you know, for any guests that I have on, I was making an effort to definitely talk to them in person as well if I um, had never talked to them previously before the podcast because i i i feel like it would be weird if i like asked somebody to come on and just ignore them in person you know especially since like we're sitting here and talking for (laughs) such a long time
1: yeah they're
0: like who is this who yeah it it would definitely be like a little strange
1: i feel like it would take away from like the genuine conversation as well
0: yeah and that's why like i always try to um be as honest as on the podcast. Um, because I, I want people to realize that the way I am on the podcast is how I am in real life. Like I don't change the way I talk or like the things that I say is like, it's me like a hundred percent of the time. So like I don't have to like turn on like a certain personality or um, thing when I'm doing the podcast. It's just like who I am.
1: Yeah, that's tight. We should do more of that. More people need to do that.
0: Okay. Well, um, uh, when did you learn to play the guitar because I, I i'm just really curious of, like when you started like getting into music
2: um well
1: i started playing guitar i think when i was 15 but before that i played bass when i was like 13 14 because my dad plays bass so i, I started playing bass but it, my hands are too small for the bass that i had and then i i wanted to write songs and sing like i i don't i just had like all of, like a sudden inspiration i guess to like play and sing and like be a songwriter so then i just started to learn guitar but i initially like i wanted to sing and write songs but i also when i try to teach myself how to play guitar by watching like youtube videos on how to play like metallica songs so i would i would like learn a ton of metallica songs and like like dab rock like i would learn how to play like sublime solos and like pink Floyd. i learned a few iron maiden songs and then I started listening to Taylor Swift, <laughs> and I started like writing like whole ass songs. So that's kind of like how I got into playing guitars. But before that, like, and I was a little kid. I think I was like six or seven. My brother gave me a keyboard because he played in a band. Like when I was like just a little baby, and he gave me his old keyboard. And when I was little, my mom printed me off like piano music, like sheet music. And I taught myself how to play piano when I was little, but I can't play piano now. I can barely do it.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. Like when you were learning the Metallica songs off YouTube, were you just like, did you even understand how to like play a guitar? Or were you just like following the tutorial from the video?
1: Oh, uh, I kind of already knew cause I was playing, I guess I just knew like you put your finger on the, on the frets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I, like when I was playing bass, it's like a similar thing. Like my dad kind of showed me, you know, press hard and, and pluck the string. You know what I mean? So I got I got it for the most part. And then like the YouTube videos are like, put your, your middle finger on on the fourth fret. And, you know, so it was pretty like, like bare minimum, like start from beginning sounded. Okay. But, and I, I think like, because I was little and I did kind of like learn how to play piano on my own. I think it's just easier for me to just sit there and, like, figure it out. But I don't think I was that good when I was playing guitar because my mom, like, forced me to get guitar lessons. (laughs) And I was like, I don't want lessons. I'm punk rock. I'm going to do it myself. And I was like, I think she low-key knew I sucked. And she's like, okay, she needs help. So I took took guitar lessons for, like, a long time, I think, like, three or four years. And then I, I also took drum lessons at the same time for a couple years as well
0: oh wow and do you think the guitar lessons helped you at all
1: yeah for sure they did like i didn't know it took me i I don't know why but it took me so long to like figure out what a bar chord was i remember like i would i would try to watch it on youtube but it just didn't sink in so it was good to have someone in front of me and like physically move my fingers on on the neck and be like no press here and do it like this so at a certain point like i i need like a more hands-on experience And it was tight, like, he he taught me how to, like, transpose, like, guitar music, and I, it was, like, a music school, so I would play, like, in recitals and, like, have, like, mini, mini bands just for the recitals, but I played a couple of those, so it was, like, a much better experience for me to, like, interact with other people with music, because I would just do everything at home by myself
0: okay that's awesome and you mentioned you took some drum lessons is that um, something you ever pursued like band wise
1: no <laughs> drumming is so like unforgiving like if you're a bad drummer <laughs> everyone knows so like I, I, and I remember like the gist of it and like a couple songs But I, I don't think I ever like really excelled at it but drumming is it, it just for fun and I think just to kind of like have something else under my belt but it's fun like if you see like a kid at band practice and everyone's taking a break I'll go on and play stuff but I don't think I could ever play drums in a band unless it was just like a very simple beat but I would be too too self-conscious I think
0: For sure. When I used to play in bands like that's all I ever wanted to do. Is like I wanted to like get through band practice just so I could beat on the drums afterwards.
1: Yeah, it's sick. Everyone but and like, like, also if you play drums in a band like you have to bring the most gear and y- it's expensive like even if like something on the drum broke like at least for guitar like oh my string broke let me go get a pack of strings for 10 bucks but drums just expensive and you have to bring a ton of stuff and everyone's trying to use your shit everyone's like oh yeah can i use your drums you know and then like at practice like all your bandmates are playing it so i'm like drummers have it pretty bad i think
0: yeah and i I think that's um one reason why I never actually got a drum set, just because it, it's so big, and my like mom never wanted to have anything in the house.
1: Would she be pissed off if you were just like playing drums super loud?
0: Yeah, because uh, back then, like we used to, we had like a normal sized house, like three bedrooms, but uh, she mm-hmm. just never liked the house being loud. <laughs> it was just always yeah. like, weird to me. So that was just something she never wanted to um, contribute to when I was younger.
1: Yeah, well, now's your time. Just get on there and Lars Lars it up, you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Just buy a drum kit now. I finally, in my 30s, just become the best drummer in the world.
1: Dude, you never know. Um, If you you can play better than Lars Ulrich, you can do anything.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to have to add that to the list of things to do (laughs) because I find that there's just not enough time in the day to do everything that I want to do.
1: Yeah, but it's all a matter of prioritizing.
0: Exactly. So I have things that I love, and um, if I have time for other stuff, I'll, I'll try to get it done.
1: Just play the drums on a Little Mermaid ride, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, wow. The Little Mermaid. I um, love that ride, but I don't think I could fit any, <laughs> like, any kind of drum set on there. There's not a whole lot of room in those clamshells.
1: What if you just take like a little bongo, you know what I mean? And you just like create the vibes under the sea.
0: Okay. Wow. All right. I like your line of thinking. (laughs) All right. We just got to just get into it and just um, carry one with me at all times.
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, you could be famous. You could be like the Disney drum guy.
0: Oh, wow. I I don't
1: DMing you pictures of Ariel and the prince.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They'll be DMing me like, where are you? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I hear your drum, but I don't see you. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was just my beating heart. That's
0: what they'll say. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's the dream for um, <laughs> for girls to start uh, DMing me. My DMs are open. I, I actually did a podcast yesterday and I uh, had, I don't even know how we got on the topic, but yeah. So if any girls are feeling um, pretty brave out there <laughs> and are curious about me, just hit the DMs. I might respond.
1: Yeah, you heard it here first, ladies. He won't leave you on red, but he might double tap.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, for sure. Um, you'll at least get a double tap from me. I, I don't want to be. <laughs> I'm super rude and just ignore you.
1: A true, a true gentleman.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I, I try. So, Grave School, you guys um put out an EP in 2015. Yes. And was that the first thing you guys released? Was there ever a demo?
1: <clears throat> no, it was just that EP. So we so I think there was five of us, four of us? Five
2: I think yeah. five. The
1: five of us were the five of us were jamming. We just we kind of like had six songs we were already playing, five or six songs. And at the time, like in my other band Sheer, our old drummer also was a, like a audio engineer, and he had his own studio. So I knew, like, somebody who can, like, we could record with, like, whenever we needed to. So we once we finished the six songs, we are like, we might as well just, like, make a real recording and release it. And we did, and that was our first release, and it was cool. It was cool, because like, Graceful, like, it's just, like, the music isn't, like, anything gnarly, but it's just fun. And, like, writing songs with all of them, like, fun songs like that, it's just, like, I'm hanging out and just, like, being goofy. So when we released it, it was it just—I felt like we were sharing our like, our fun with everyone. It, it was a really good moment for us.
0: And at that time, um, you guys seemed to be like a little more active as a band.
1: Yeah, well, of we were like a new band and we just released it. So at the time, we were just like, all oh, let's, let's just play all these shows and do everything." And all of us had like other music projects going on too. So mm-hmm. Gray School was always like the secondary band it was like the, the side, the side band, you know?
2: Okay. So this.
1: yeah. So at first we were like, all right, let's make it a priority. We just released it with promoting, but I think like as time went on, we did get a little less active just because our, all of us had other bands that were kind of like had to take more of our attention.
0: And I know I, you guys are one of those bands that are like tied to the hardcore scene just because of um, who's in it. Uh, yeah did you um, like that about your band or um, would you have like preferred to just kind of like stick to like the alternative genre?
1: Um, I mean, I don't like hate or love it. I uh, think I'm very self-conscious. Like, I, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just very self-conscious. So I, I, sometimes I feel like the hardcore scene is like very judgmental. Okay. So I, I was really like worried about it. Like, oh, they're going to like, I didn't like, what I didn't want is us to be like hyped, just to be hyped and like people didn't actually fuck with us. And I was also afraid like we would just be like dissed online or something. <laughs> cause I felt like it's, it's either left or right with, with that type of thing. But now, I mean, it's sick. obviously it's tight. Like, cause it's, we can play shows with like hardcore bands or like punk bands and like people are into it. And it's, it's fun, it's cool, I like it. Like, I don't think like Sheer could play with a hardcore band, it would probably be kind of weird. But grade school kind of gets away with it. So it's fun. I like it.
0: Yeah. And uh, it always... We
1: we played a hardcore fest, I think. um, Like, uh, for the children.
0: Yeah. That was years ago. Um, What year was that?
1: Uh, I think 2016.
0: 2016. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Well, I think it's awesome. I always find it um, like not really strange, but it, it always just um, I, like piques my curiosity. Like when bands get tied to the hardcore scene that aren't necessarily like hardcore. And obviously uh, most of the time it's because of who's in the band or um, somebody from yeah. hardcore like has like their hand involved, but it's um, cool because obviously um, it's nice and cool to see kids at, that are accepting of other bands, um, outside of hardcore. So it's just like, yeah, we're not like it's just some weird, like closed minded community. We actually listen to exactly. other types of music.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. It's tight.
0: And you said you were like worried about um, criticism from the hardcore scene. Uh, did you ever see any of that?
1: No, luckily not really. And I'm not afraid if people don't like my band. I was just very like, people gang up on us <laughs> but whatever i mean but it, again i think it's freaking cool like the kids come to our shows like and yeah, they, like you said like they don't just like like scary guy music they like like our corny songs too and that, that just makes me feel really, really like satisfied you
0: know yeah no it's, it's something cool when um people are you know like perceptive of like your art
1: yeah it's cool so th- thank you to that community
0: to the hardcore community what about like outside of the hardcore community have you guys like played like um, like different shows with like bands that aren't like that aren't hardcore
1: yeah yeah we played like a few like you know like like local bands or um, there's like another there's other bands like like we played with um, supernatural psycho and I think they're kind of associated with hardcore like out of New York but they came here and they're not a hardcore band either So they came here and we were playing with them and we don't just play like with like hardcore shows or whatever, but I think a lot of the times like just because of the people who know us are associated with it, a lot of the times when we play shows, it's like it's kind of like a hardcore associated type of show, but we have played like other like just indie shows, but it's more fun to play like punkish or like hardcore associated shows because it's like that's who our friends are, you know, so those are always the most fun. And it's more fun to play like a mixed genre build than just like everyone kind of playing the same type of sound. It's, it's just a, little, a lot better experience.
0: Yeah, I I like mixed bills. It's it, it's cool to see um, different genres being able to come together and put on a cool show. Mhm. Yeah.
1: I I don't think it happens as much as it should. So.
0: Yeah, it definitely used to be a th- like more of a thing um, back in the day. It w- like, where does that sound? Um, but it's just, uh, you know, the people who book the shows these days, I-, I don't know if they're just not into it or if they're just worried about um, the mixed bill not drawing strong yeah. enough. I'm not yeah, sure, I but I would be a fan of more mixed bills. Yeah, those, those are always the
1: funnest
0: yeah because sometimes like if i go to like a like a pop punk show uh, and uh, there's like one or two bands i want to see on the bill like i'll I'll be like the asshole that shows up late just to see the one band that i like and then i'll just leave
1: (laughs) i think well i you know what i think like recently they've had like i forget the name of like the fest but it'll be like rappers and like like crazy hardcore bands and like metal bands and then like indie bands and like what's sick is like sound and fury right so it's like it's not just like and i've never been and i don't know like to be honest i don't really know much about sound and fury but i like i think recently right it's been like a lot of hardcore bands and then like they'll have like turnover play or like um like just different like indie bands like playing it too like i think that's really cool like that way you kind of get a break from just like having to open up the pit all day you know what i mean
0: yeah, because that could definitely get exhausting. But I'm I, I'm really surprised. Um, you've never been to San and Fury?
1: Yeah, honestly, i I'm like I like hardcore bands and I like like going to hardcore shows. But I'm not like I, I wouldn't say I'm like a hardcore kid. I guess you know. I, I just like I like whatever music I like. But I don't. I've never been to San and Fury. I, the only hardcore things I've been to are are for the children that like, grade school played. And another fest we played in Arizona that was kind of like a hardcore fest. And that's, that's pretty much it.
0: Wow. That's um, really surprising. I I guess I just kind <clears> of, <throat> excuse me, I, I guess I just kind of like put you in that box of, um, you know, being a regular <laughs> a, attendee of, of Sound and Fury.
1: No, uh, I never went. I, I don't think, I honestly, I don't think I would go because like I get really anxious like being around all those people. And uh, I think, honestly, I think festivals are really tiring. Like, like I don't really, I, my sister works, in, like, for, like, a, a music festival type of business. So she's always, like, at Coachella. And I would go to those just to, like, hang out with her. But I don't really like, like, being around, like, with so many people like that. So I, I don't know if, like, I would even have a good time at Son to be honest. I mean, it's cool to see your friends and, like, cool bands that, like, never come out here. But it's just like, to me, I just feel like it would just be too exhausting. So I kind of avoid it, which I guess isn't totally the best way to deal with it. But yeah, I've never been.
0: Well, I I definitely understand um, your view on fest. I, I literally like hate going to festivals just because it is like exhausting and there are like a million people and I just... Like for me, I'm like antisocial and I just kind of like, you know, just being like chill vibe. So having to like, you know, kind of just like be on like all day, yeah, um, it it gets exhausting. So like I don't really go to too many festivals. Like, um, earlier in the year I went to Coachella with my my buddy Nate and, um, we got like um, really nice passes. So we're able to just like go like wherever we wanted. And, and, Mm -hmm. um, I think I like the only bands that like I went and actually watched, like I saw turnover and turnstile. And then I went to like the Heineken house to see, um, like the YBN guys, YBN Corday, Namir and, um, uh, almighty J But like other than that, like I didn't really want to see anybody else. Um, and like i just wanted to like hang out at like the the like hidden bar where there was like nobody i'm um, really there just because it was like like the passes that nate got us so it was like like super exclusive so it was just always empty and i'm like this is exactly where i want to be like i don't want to be out on the grounds with like all like the normal like fest goers just because there's like hundreds of thousands <laughs> of people and it's just like i just don't want to be around like all these people like i, no, I just kind of want to just like just like chill and eat pretzels
1: <laughs> yeah no yeah I, I had this I'd like I get like a similar treatment I guess if my sister works for that so I, I like I remember when I would go in previous years for like the whole weekend I would just straight up like leave the festival site and like go to the city and like go to target and then come back because I just like couldn't I also like don't like being super hot and in the sun <laughs> so like that's just what Coachella is But I also found, like, you get to see, like, awesome bands. Like, when Outcast played, I loved it. That show was so cool. Like, Outcast is amazing. And it was sick that I got to see them there. But other than that, I just feel like festivals also take away from, like, the intimacy of, like, seeing a band live. And, like, some of the normie people are, are, like, waiting for the DJ to play, like, later in the evening. So they're just being, like, super annoying. And, like, I just feel like I can't have, like, the best experience. But I, I don't, I do feel like Sound of Fury is different though. It's not like, cause everyone there is like like-minded people. So it wouldn't be like, you know, like random people at like, you know, when they calling you like a concert. Yeah. It's like like Sound of Fury is, is different, but I just, I've never gone. And I've also heard like crazy stories that go on there. So I'm like, I'm, I'm just, it's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> Unless we play it.
0: It's uh, definitely an experience. Like I, I, love Saturn Fury so that's why that's like the one festival that I make sure I go to every year and like the way that it's set up at the Belasco like I feel like there's just so many people and there's been friends that have been there like the same year as me and like I just never ran into them just because there's so many people there
2: yeah
0: but
1: I do feel like it's cool it's- I don't think it's I don't think it's like a bad thing. I think Santa Fe is fucking tight. Like just the concept of it, and like people fly out just to go and hang out and see like sick bands. And but I do feel like it's so like it's a lot. But and I also don't have like a ton of like friends from out of state. In like but I everyone I know who goes to Santa Fe it's like their vacation. You know what I mean? Like everyone looks forward to it. They always leave with like the best like state of mind and like they kind of like. Leave feeling very blissful, so I'm sure it's a good experience. I just have to kind of like, either go or don't. You know what I mean?
0: All right, 2020, we, we got to get you to San and Fury.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll do it. Heck it, you know?
0: Yeah, I feel like you just got to experience it at least <laughs> yeah. once in your life.
1: Yeah. I- if I can go to Coachella, I think I can go to
0: Santa Fe. <laughs> oh yeah, easy. Like it's um there's AC. You don't even have to step foot outdoors oh. once you're inside.
1: Say no more.
0: <laughs> there's a basement. It's like it, it's chill.
1: Yeah. And they, usually they have like good food there, right? Like last year like Santa was there. Like Yeah. Like
0: good food vendors? Um I think that might have been the only food vendor um outside of like the restaurant that's attached to it that was also serving food.
2: Oh, okay
0: but I, you said that you don't have a lot of out-of-state friends.
1: No, I don't. <laughs> well, also because I've never really, none of my bands have ever really, like, toured or, or i have never really, like, gone anywhere. So I feel like a lot of, I feel, what's cool about hardcore is people freaking fly all over the place to, like, hang out with friends or their bands are touring or they go and, like, they'll go to, like, this is hardcore in, like, Philly and, like, hardcore is such, like, a travel type of, thing so it's freaking cool that people go and do that and that's how you make friends like just going to shows and I think my issue is like number one I just haven't really traveled much myself and I often will let like my anxiety win and not go to the show to meet people I mean and changing that now I've been a lot better but I think also too that it has to tie in with like you see everyone like having fun on Instagram and meeting all these friends and
0: I don't know but, like, not even, like, on Instagram or, like, Twitter, like, meeting friends that way?
1: Um, I think there's, like, a few, yeah, like, a few people. I mean, I don't have, like, all my friends only live in California. Like, I know people in other states, but I don't, like, if I went to, like, a hardcore fest, like, on the East Coast, I don't think I would know anyone. You know what I mean? But, and, like, sound of theory, like, everyone flies out here, and it's, like, everyone's, like, one big family. So, I, I always feel like. like a little bit of a loner
0: but i know that's not it's just me being like nervous okay if i'm going to be honest uh that's how i was before i did the podcast like i was aware of like you know like other bands and stuff but i i never really took the plunge to try to get like too personal with people yeah um but i feel like doing this podcast kind of like pushed me in that direction and i i I I just don't know why like I had the mindset of just not really wanting to get to know anybody, but through doing this, like I've definitely met like a ton of cool people like outside of California and and people that are like super like, like nice and just like genuine like human beings. So I'm just like happy that like through doing this, I was able to like uh, meet like a lot of cool people that I probably would have never even like wanted to talk to just because I was just super just, antisocial and never really planned on doing too much outside of like going to shows in California.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I toy, I often toy with the idea of, like how, that I want to do like my own podcast. Cause my thing is like, I'm super interested in, in certain people. Like they just seem so freaking cool to me or like I'm super into their art or what they do. So I feel like podcasts, like you, like how we said before, like it opens up that conversation. You get to know somebody and you get to share like, that conversation with everyone else and it just it keeps the ball rolling you
0: know yeah but i know
1: i just need to like do it
0: you definitely can do it and you should because it's awesome like that's the main driving force behind this is that like i'm like kind of a weirdo and just like want to like pick people's brains and <laughs> uh, the fact that i'm able to do that people are willing to share their time with me and enable me to do that then i'm able to share it with everybody else it's yeah, really cool it's
2: awesome. So, how long have you
1: been doing
0: the podcast? Um, like officially I've been doing it, um, like in like December, it'll be like two years. Cause oh. and I, I always like, um, tell people like, there's like a string of episodes. There's like, I think like 20 episodes that I did solo where I, I just had no idea what I was doing. And I was just telling random stories about my day or like Disneyland, like BS. Um, and then it wasn't until, um, Sound and Fury, um, two years ago, uh, I kind of came up with the idea of actually trying to have, like, a guest on, and that guest just happened to work out. Uh this guy named Antonio from this band Spine, and since he came on and gave me his time and everything, like, went great, like, way better than I ever expected, it just kind of pushed me into just continuing to do it, and, like, I definitely... Like, like at times, like early on, like I would get like kind of down about it and not really want to do it just because I was afraid of it being actually something cool um, and people being into it. But, um, but my friends just kind of pushed me in the right direction. They're like, dude, you got to keep going. Cause like I would take breaks. Like I, I would just like take weeks off and just come up with excuses not to record. Um, but then like eventually like my friends just kind of pushed me into just doing it. And like, I literally can't remember the last time I missed the week. Like I, I, if I think I'm going to be like doing like stuff on like a certain week, I'll like plan ahead and like record like an extra episode. Um, so this thing has been going strong for a while.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. You have to just like set your expectations aside and just like do it just to do it. And consistency is is like you said, that's everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, I I listen to it like
1: taking yourself seriously.
0: You know, for sure. And like I listened to like a ton of different podcasts, like a lot of people that I like respect. And, um, one thing that they did say is like, just like you have to be consistent. And like that's like one of the hardest things to do.
1: Yeah. With everything in life, really it's just to keep going at it and don't give up.
0: Yeah. And it's it something paid off because like, it, this is something that I like love doing. Like it, it's like yeah. fun to me. So, um, it's not like a chore. I think at that point, like I probably wouldn't just want to do it anymore.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: <clears throat> so going back to grave school, you guys... Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, what?
1: Sorry, I keep changing the subject.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, don't worry about it. It's, it's totally fine. I'm uh, ha- happy to talk about <laughs> anything. But um, you guys played a show last night?
1: Yeah, at All Star Lanes and Eagle Rock.
0: Damn, how is that? Because he, uh, Jinx headlined that show.
1: Yes, I love Jinx. Like, they just released like a new—I think it's a an EP or a record. So I think they're starting like a little like week of shows, and that kind of set it off. So we, we played with them and our homies in Full Circle out of Ventura, and a couple of bands. I think If Only and Sweet Soul. It was a really good show. Like it was, there were some technical difficulties, and my strap fell off my guitar, so that kind of like. It all kind of went downhill from there afterwards but it was it's whatever like it's a bowling alley show with like good friends and like bands i actually really love so it was just fun and also, star lanes is always kind of like a little hit or miss you know
0: i've never been to that venue because i i know really? that they used to do like um shows like a little more consistently there so i was surprised yeah. to see like that um show happening at that place because I, I haven't heard of um a show happening there in a long time
1: yeah, because the owner's like low key a narc, you know what I mean? He's so like difficult to work with. So I think a lot of people stop booking shows there, and it's, but it's still like a cool place. Like it's not too far from everything, and so every time we get to play there, like it, it's always a good time.
0: Okay. And I, 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 feel like from the Fullerton show to the show you played last night, um, that's like, it wasn't like too big of a gap. Are you, are you guys like trying to be more active as a band?
1: Yeah. You know, there was a, a moment where, you know, we took a, a little bit of a break, but now we're like, we're, you know, we're back at it. We're trying to finish writing. Like we're, we want We decided that we want to do an LP. Oh, wow. We're practicing more consistent, consistently, trying to like just come to practice with song ideas and just keep the ball rolling. So we're playing shows again to kind of like get back in the swing of things. But we we're right now just, we're really trying to focus on just getting songs and just like, we've always talked about doing an LP and then we'll always kind of like things happen or things come up and we'll have to like kind of stop. And then we don't like the songs that we wrote. So we kind of start over, but now I think we have a good momentum right now. So we're just trying to like keep, keep jamming and keep playing shows and just like keep it going so we can finally release something.
0: That's awesome I, I literally had no idea that you guys um were in the middle of working on an lp
1: well just writing right now but that's the goal that's the goal so hopefully i didn't jinx us <laughs> but that's what we want to do so maybe i don't know maybe 2021 or 2020 Grade school lp
0: okay hell yeah because you're at, your last release was in 2018 so that's like a good decent amount of time in between records
1: yeah as the guys are listening,
0: now we have to do it because I said it on the podcast. Yeah, we're going to um, – in uh, 2020 at some point, we're going to check back in with you and see how the okay. progress is going.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll hold me to it.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> it's going to be live on the podcast. Everybody's going to hear this, and they're going to hold you guys accountable. All
1: right. Now it has to be good.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, and you did mention um, a, a couple times your other band, Sheer – yeah can you talk about that band for a little bit
1: yeah so that band uh we started in may of 2014. i think gray school started like me and Alda started jamming like kind of like the end of 2013 beginning of 2014 but it was never serious like we were just jamming so sheer really became like a band and a thing before gray school really took it seriously Um, and we're kind of we started off kind of like. People, I don't really like giving us a genre and it's, we're just a band, you know, For but sure. people would call us like shoe gays or like, like dream gays, like whatever that means, but something like know. that. Okay. Yeah. So, but I, we're just like a, like nine, I guess nineties indie rock riff writer band. <laughs> so I've been doing that with my best friend, Sean, and we had, we had two other members in the band when we first started. Um, and then we had like sort of a lineup change so now we have um vince amador from souvenirs he's playing bass and our homie andy from losing end and he also plays in goon he plays drums. so it's the four of us and that band like our first release was like an lp then we recorded our ep with taylor young i think in like 2016 so that's always been like my primary band like it's very like we're all like really good friends hang out all the time and like it's always fun practicing but i feel like that's more of like a all right get down to business and, and get this going type of band we're great school because we're so like every all my bandmates are like my close friends but graceful because we're, we're all kind of just like hang out a lot of times instead of just practicing but cheer is very like business and that's i think that's why we kind of done a lot more than grade school but yeah cheer and gray school, those are my bands
0: and you guys, uh, well, Sheer released a song, like, the beginning of the year. And do you guys yeah. have, like, any shows or anything planned for, like, the, the last no. part?
1: No, because we're also trying to write, too. We, we already have, like, a, I think, like, eight eight or ten songs, like, written. We're just, like, fine-tuning it. And I need to just, like, write some lyrics. And Sean recently started his own, like, recording Business and he's super talented, so we're able to record with Sean. So we have like that luxury. Like, me and Sean live together, and we have like a little studio in our house, which I'm in right now. So we can always just like record whenever. But I think a lot sometimes, and I think a lot of people in bands can relate: is you're trying to write, but you get like kind of like put on hold the more you start playing shows during the writing process. Because instead of like jamming to write, you're jamming to practice the set. So she was kind of like trying to stay away from that and, and just keep writing. We took a little bit of like a, a, a small break because Andy's Van Goon was on tour for a while and then me and Sean ended up moving. So, but we're going to kind of finish up those songs and see what goes from there. But we did, the song we released, Glynn, that we didn't plan on really like releasing anything, but we actually had a, it's crazy, but we had the opportunity to, to write and record that song with Brad Wood. And he's like a freaking legendary producer. He did like Smashing Pumpkins, like I think he did Me Without You, Liz Fair, like Skating Polly, like all these crazy bands. And he's actually local here in LA. So we got to record that song with him um, because he was teaching um, this guy Frederick from Denmark. Uh, He's a music student from Denmark. So he was kind of like learning with Brad Wood. So we got to record that song with him. And it was, we already had it written. But when he, Brad really, like, took it to life and we're like, all right, we got to put this out. This is just, like, the opportunity on itself is just crazy. And, and I think that's, like, I never really, like, I guess this is a personal thing, but I never really, like, let myself be happy with, like, art that I release. Like, I'm, I, I think I'm very hard on myself. And I think that's just, like, a lot of creative people will agree. It's hard to, like, accept success because and, and, it makes sometimes it makes you feel like you're soft stop in the creative process, but that song I'm, to this day, I'm like so proud of it. And it's like, I think that's like the best song we've ever written. And the recording sound incredible. So that was kind of like a, a one-off release, but big picture. We're just trying to finish up the songs that we already have recorded and then come up with a plan.
0: And how'd you guys get that opportunity to record with Brad Wood?
1: Um, he also records Touche Amore. So, uh Sean's uh, in a band with Clayton called Entry. And I think kind of through that relationship, it, it just kind of came up like randomly. And then like, I think it like Clayton asked like, hey, does you have anything to record? Because, you know, there's this opportunity and, and blah, blah, blah. And then like the next week we were at the studio. So it was like very like sudden and like out of the blue. So we just jumped on it.
0: Yeah. And, and that's cool that you guys were willing to just that opportunity and just do it and you know and it all made sense that you had that song um written and ready to record
1: well i, I wrote the lyrics like the night before i had to record vocals
0: and oh, i was wow.
1: super sick like i had like one of the worst colds of my life like i i thought like straight up somebody cursed me because i was like there's no way i have like this gnarly opportunity and i can't even speak let alone like record vocals the next day but i was like all right i just gotta you know low, as the kids say and I wrote lyrics the night before and recorded with, like, a crazy cold. And I just downed, like, downed, like throat coat tea and, like, all these wellness shots and everything I could do. And I think – and plus, Brad is just so, like, good at what he does. Like, I don't even think you could tell I had a cold on the recording. So, yeah, it, it, it was a very sudden. Like, we were like, all right, we have this song kind of Gina Wright lyrics we the recording vocals tomorrow. So that's how it happened
0: damn that's cool um i'm happy yeah, that you were able to fun, you know? yeah yeah for sure there's definitely like a cool story to go along with it is it wasn't just like yeah. yeah i got to record with Brad Wood, but it's just like when you look deeper there's like you know you're, you're like having a cold and almost didn't make it
1: yeah it's so cool and then it's cool because we met frederick and he's like such a talented like mastering engineer and now he's like producing out of denmark too so to have him be like, it was cool because Brad was teaching Frederick, and a lot of us are into like recording, especially Vincent and Sean. But we also were like, we also got to learn like Brad's like techniques and tricks, and like kind of overhear him teaching. So it was also like a learning experience for us too. It was freaking cool.
0: And did you guys get that song done in uh, just a couple of days?
1: Yeah, I think like, I think it was only two days, two maybe two and a half, okay. and then Frederick mastered it. And then we got it. and We released it. We just had our, like one of our homegirls is an artist, and we're like, hey, can can you help us with some album art? And then I, I you know, I put it on Spotify and prepared the post. And we just put uh, as soon as we had it ready, we put it out because we were just too stoked on it.
0: Okay, and so one thing that I was curious about is like the um, day you released it, that's Valentine's Day, and the yeah. whole like color scheme of the um, page when you go to uh, it on Bandcamp, it's like gives that vibe of like, you know, the red and the pink mm-hmm. Valentine's Day colors. Was that all on purpose? Yeah, because
1: the, the song, it, it, I wrote it for this, somebody I was with for a long time, so it's the songs actually, I mean, in a way it's kind of like a sad love song. Like I wrote it, I was going through, this is like such a, like I was going through a really dark time in my life, you know, but like <laughs> I was,
0: It happens. I, was, I was
1: like the most, yeah, I did. I was the most depressed I've ever been. Like I, I was suicidal. Like I, it was really bad. And I mean, luckily I, at the time I had a partner who, who helped me through it and and when I was writing a song, like, I, I don't ever write lyrics about something I don't genuinely feel. Like, I just feel like that's such a waste of time. So when I was like, all right, what am I going to write about? The forefront of my mind was just, like, being grateful that I had somebody to kind of, like, keep me going. So I, I, it was almost like I I wrote, obviously, like, it's a sheer song, but I, I wrote it with the intent to, to, like, kind of say what I needed to say to that person. And because it's, in a weird way, kind of romantic and it was right around Valentine's day. I'm like, all right, we might as well let's make the, the band camp pink and put it out on the, the, the Cupid's day. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the story behind that.
0: Damn. That's awesome. I, I definitely like the whole theme and I, and I'm happy that that's why it, it all just kind of matches up. It makes sense.
2: Yeah.
1: That was, I guess my, my gift to, to my partner at the time was like, here's this really cool song we just recorded. <laughs> happy valentine's day i I tell you i love you in the song so like it's kind of like a a funny thing but
0: yeah no that's awesome
1: that that pink color is so cute so i was like all right it goes with valentine's day i want to make it pink
0: (laughs) yeah hell yeah that that's cool i'm definitely like really into that it makes me like the song even more now that i know
1: yeah thank you
0: (laughs) okay and so we've talked about grave school sheer and I, I want to ask you about your, like, I, I don't know if you would call it like your solo thing. Um, uh, oh, Lin- yeah. <laughs> Linda, Susan.
1: Yeah. It's my mom's name. Her, her name, first name was Linda. Her middle name was Susan. So that's, that's just like, I didn't really think I'd ever, I, it's not serious, but a lot of times, like when I'm at home by myself, like I don't really like make a lot of plans. I just stay home and like, try to write whenever I have free time. So a lot of times, like, I'll just plug in all everything into GarageBand and I'll just sit down and just start recording. So I, I ended up having, like, a lot of, like, song ideas, like, just in my GarageBand. Some of them, like... I'll, I, the intent of Linda Susan is just to be, like, just, like, at-home stuff that I record and they might not be the best quality and I probably messed up a lot in some of the songs. But it's just... It's more for, like, me to... To keep pushing myself and just to share, like, be vulnerable a little bit and just share, like, this is the idea, and capture the the feelings and emotions I had at the time of recording. So I I usually just put them there. Most of like the Sheer and Grade School songs, not all of them, obviously I'm like, but most of them like came from Linda Susan songs before they were Linda Susan and they just became full band songs. So in the in the times when like we aren't writing too much, or if I just write something that I just feel like I want as my own, I'll just post it up there. Okay. I think of my first things I posted there were like a Beach Boys cover or like The Smiths cover, back to my covers again. <laughs> <laughs> but lately, I've just been sitting down trying to write like just like little songs here and there, and just put them up.
0: And the pictures on the band Bandcamp um, of like that uh, blonde woman—is that your mom?
1: Yeah, it's my mom. <laughs>
0: Okay. That's awesome. I, I literally sister, had no idea that like that's yeah. why you named it yeah. Linda Susan.
1: I made the banner, I photoshopped one her signature and that's the banner that's on the band cam too.
0: Oh, that's her actual signature.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow, damn. That's awesome. Hell yeah.
1: Yeah. But so I think people are like, What the fuck is Linda Susan? Like this random ass like white lady name but it's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people know that. But I'm like what and they're like, Who the fuck is this lady? Cause I don't look like her at all. I'm like, that obviously this one back when she was like way younger,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like in the sixties and seventies. So it's, I don't think people know it's about my mom.
0: Okay. Well, I literally was oblivious <laughs> to that. So I'm happy that I asked cause <laughs> now I know. Yeah. And
1: I, I think I have like a, on my phone, like in on my iPhone files, I have like 12, minute and a half to two minute song demos of just stuff I'm working on and I have a a really bad habit of just like starting like I'll sit down and I'll record for hours and I'll come up with like you know two three minutes of a song or like a skeleton but because I'm writing based on the emotions I'm currently feeling it's hard for me to go back and kind of finish them and I think that's why like I like playing in bands because it's more collaborative but I have like a ton of Linda Susan demos that are they're just not done or I just like the point is for them to kind of be a little imperfect if they are, but sometimes I let that get to me too much. So I have a lot more I could release. But I thought about doing like, not maybe like an LP or EP of just like my own solo stuff. But it's also hard because I, I'm like a big primary writer for Graceful school and sheer. So I feel like if I'm writing stuff for Linda Susan, it should just go to one of the bands, especially if if like, I'm not coming with ideas, but I post a solo song. It's kind of like, I kind of struggle with like, all right, this is a song idea I have, which, which project is it going to go to this week? Yeah. Kind of like what's stopping me from being consistent on that, that end.
0: How do you pick and choose which song goes where? I feel like that's like something that like I would like, it'd be hard to kind of like have to divvy up, you know, like your creative talents like that when you're writing.
2: Um,
1: yeah, I mean, Usually so I it's it's always changing and if my family if you're listening they're probably gonna be like, Oh this I'm probably rolling your eyes But a lot of times like I I just go to practice with like nothing <laughs> like no no song idea or I'll just like I'll just make some shit up there on the spot and we'll just jam it and that's how it just becomes the band song. But when I come up with something on my own, like in my mind shears a little bit more dark and emotive and like a little bit more like dreamy and and not softer but you know just a little bit more like texture or gray school if i'm writing something that's just kind of fun and riffy or like garage rocky i'm like all right that's probably going to be like a gray school thing throw some fuzz on it gray school but like sheer i'm like all right this is like kind of a technical part or i think you know we can really use like vince's like driving bass on this and that could just become like a sheer thing But a lot of times with the bands, like I'll just show up and I'll I'll, like kind of feel out how everyone's feeling that day and we'll just start coming up with stuff and, or they'll bring a song idea and I'll put some leads over it. But as far as like stuff I make at home, like I kind of just have to see like, okay, what type of emotion does this make me feel? And like, does that apply more to my own self or sheer grade school?
0: Okay. That's a good way to figure it out.
1: Yeah, I think in the beginning, like, I remember when, when I first released the grade school stuff, like, it was a little bit after, like, she released our LP. And people would ask me, like, oh, what's the difference? Like, they sound like the same band. But, like, in my opinion, like, grade school is more like raunchy pop, and Sheer's a little bit more like drama, I guess. So that's just how I kind of hear it in my mind when I'm writing songs.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, I, I couldn't see like how people would say that, but if they really listen, you could tell there's a difference between the two bands.
1: And at the same I'm also like I, like I try to keep in mind like the, in, a, in a sense, it is kind of sound a little bit similar because like I am a primary songwriter in both of the bands. So like I have like just the I'm trying to like write, I don't want to like always have, write the same type of song like all the songs sound the same. Like I definitely like try not to do that. But to a certain point, like, I am writing, like, a lot of the stuff with the guys. It's not just me, but there is going to always, because I front both the bands, like, there's probably going to be, like, some similarities, because that's just how I write.
0: Yeah, exactly. You also have a Vimeo page, which I think is pretty interesting.
1: Oh, thank you. I don't even think anyone watches. I think, like, the most views I have is, like, two. I, I have, like, a, a high eight camcorder, which I think those are very popular right now, but I, I, I don't know, like, I just love, like, going out and just recording, like, moments and, like, just people and things and, like, their natural way of existing and just, like, catching clips. And I always, like, even when I was little, like... When the first Xbox came out, I would play this specific, like specific racing game. And like during the replays of the racing game, like on, I remember on the Xbox, like you can like upload songs from like a CD. Like you put the CD in the Xbox and it saves it. And I would like make music videos out of my car racing replays with whatever CD I put in my Xbox. So I always loved making like little music videos. And even like, I would feel like my mom's like little digital cameras and like film my front yard. And like put like a Kelly Clarkson song behind it when I was like seven, on <laughs> like Windows Movie Editor. So I, when I when I got the little like camcorder, I got it like it's it's a beater camera. It's nothing serious. I can take it hiking or I can take it like just chillin' and put in my bag. And if something happens, I'll record it. So I just like to make like little little videos and clips and and, and in the same way like when I'm writing songs, like I try to like I usually like know what song. I've been really listening to a lot lately and then I'll just kind of arrange the clips to kind of go along with the emotion of the song and I'll just put it up.
0: And uh, do you ever do that with your cell phone? Cause I feel like that's like a, like pretty nice piece of technology.
1: Um, no, cause it makes me feel like I'm a blogger and I'm like a, Hey, welcome back to my channel. the <laughs> notification bell. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like, like, I guess I feel like the camcorder makes it a little bit more like, I don't want to say artsy because it's fucking not. Everyone's doing that shit right now, but it just makes, it's kind of more fun because it's it's analog. So I have to like digitally convert the tape to a digital file and then put it on my computer and like go and edit it, go and edit out like the the hard cuts from just stopping the record button. So it's also just like a little bit like, it's more fun because it's more of a process. So I have to really like take my time with it. And I can record over the cassette tapes, but it's not like I can just delete it or put a filter on it. Like it is just, it is what it is. Like I technically have a lens filter on my camera, but it's not, I just feel like it's different. You know what I mean? And it's not, I don't feel like a YouTuber. I feel like a feel like Dan Margera and CKY. You
0: know what's funny is uh, like, I like that you know the, the lingo of the YouTubers. Uh, Are you like a fan? Do you follow any YouTubers?
1: Low-key, I fucking love YouTube. I fuck with YouTube, bro. It's so good. Like, I love watching, like, like makeup videos. And I'm into, like, watching, like, because I'm vegan. So I, I like watching, like, vegan, like, clean eating videos and recipes. And, like, I know it's controversial. And I, I'll probably get some haters. But I love Jeffree Star. I think Jeffree Star is hilarious. He has, like, some questionable things. I might get canceled for that, but whatever. But I like Jeffree Star. I like, well, I don't know. I just like, like YouTube and it's just so, but I don't sit there and watch, like, you know, like follow me through my day. Like, Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back today. I am just going to kind of take you through my day. Don't have anything planned, but I watch so much of it that like, I'm like secretly a YouTuber to myself. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. uh, I'll
1: be driving like, Hey Gina, here's my car vlog. you know, to myself
0: that's so funny uh, that makes me laugh so much because like <laughs> so I, I, I love YouTube and like uh, I, I, I used to think it was weird because I, I used to date this girl like back in the day and she was like on like YouTube like early on um, and like for like her birthday one year she was like hey all I want is for you to take me to the first VidCon ever and I'm like all right I don't know what the hell oh. VidCon is but I'll take you <laughs> and like we went to VidCon um, like I, I took her it was in LA and she was so excited to see all these people and I literally had no idea who like anybody was at that time. Like I, I remember we were like going down into the basement and we ran into, like we were going down and uh, Philip DeFranco was coming up and she was freaking out oh, wow. and yeah and she was like freaking out about like seeing him on the escalator like he came back down and like put her in her, uh, his vlog that week um,
2: oh wow
0: yeah and then we went and did like a, a Shane Dawson meet and greet and that guy was I
2: like love
0: Shane. okay um, Shane was like I love th- him like that interaction seeing him like he stayed over like his meet and greet time because he wanted to meet everybody who was in in line for him that day and i, I thought that was like really yeah. like nice and like That's like cute. respectable and like show that he was like a genuine d- like guy you know
1: yeah yeah uh, youtube is so like its own world and there's definitely some like pretty outlandish and like ridiculous things on there but it's i i can't believe i just said that how much i like love youtube but like i secretly will just say watch youtube like if i'm at home and not recording like i'm just watching youtube so it's I'm, pretty dorky.
0: I, I'm guessing you've seen uh, Shane Dawson's series w- with Jeffree Star.
1: Yes. And the second one just came out. And after this, I'm watching the second episode. Like I tried to watch it like w- w- like before this, but I didn't want to have to pause to do the podcast and then watch it after. So like literally when, when this is over, I'm going to be watching that.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, hilarious. Um, th- that's awesome. Yeah. I, I feel like um, I haven't started the the second series yet, but the first one he did, I, I thought it was like really amazing
1: yeah it's good and you know what like i love i know i never really like cared to know anything about jake paul but like the jake paul one was funny and then it's funny because like after a week one after a week that came out i saw his dad at like rei and i was like wow this is weird i watch too much youtube because i know a youtuber's dad in public you know yeah
0: it's weird um yeah I, i i used to work for this merch company and like our like sister merch company uh company was the one um that they showed in that jeffree star series with shane dawson like oh wow
2: okay where
0: they store all of his makeup like i had been there before and i I was like tripping out when i saw it on like the series i was like holy crap i've been there it's crazy
1: that's so sick yeah it's
0: funny yeah definitely uh, like his content um but i think it's so funny yeah like i uh like just you knowing the lingo I was like okay I was like she has to know something because like you can't go like you can't just like make that up
1: like I don't watch YouTube I don't like I just hard to tonight it yeah you know?
0: I would uh, question you off air <laughs>
1: I only watch Vimeo. video. Like,
0: <laughs> you're like just like super hip, and you're like anti YouTube. I
1: love YouTube, but I don't post my stuff on YouTube. I post it on Vimeo. <laughs>
0: uh, that's really funny. I feel like the only YouTuber. I'm not a blogger. <laughs> the only YouTuber that like uh, I'm like super into is uh, David Dobrik. Oh, I don't know who that is okay um well his stuff is really addicting <laughs> he does like really short videos like they're like um like four minutes and 20 seconds long and they're oh, just okay and um yeah it's a yeah 420 uh, he, and he, he um uploads like three times a week and it's just like daily like it's like kind of daily but it's just like um he like his episode since it's like every three days um it like takes clips just from like a couple days and it's actually really interesting uh, just like seeing the dumb shit that him and like all of his friends they, they call themselves the, the vlog squad oh god <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it sounds
1: all my friends
0: <laughs> alright you, you guys gotta take over the name but it's actually pretty pretty <laughs> funny like the stuff that they get into
1: I'm not gonna lie sometimes I'm like oh I should make a YouTube channel but I'm like I'm fucking boring like I, like it would just be the I'd be like, hey guys, welcome back today. I'm I'm at home right now. That's it. And then like the next clip is like, I'm at work. <laughs> it would. But I, I really like 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 skincare and like I don't I don't think I wear a ton of makeup, but I I actually really love makeup and like beauty like specifically like cruelty free and like vegan beauty because it's like I'm very passionate about it because there's so much good stuff out there that's like not harming animals. So I, I feel like I do a lot of research on that stuff. So I'm always like, oh, I should make like a YouTube video telling people how I wash my face, or, you know? But I would just be so embarrassed, like. So I just I, I let everyone else do it, you know.
0: Well, you could have a fan base out there, and you won't know until you upload.
1: I I would have to come up with like a, a fan name, like the uh, Gina Gang or, or something <laughs> stupid.
0: The Gina Gang. <laughs> GG. There you go.
1: Oh, uh, dude, and you know what I love? This is awesome. Oh, I'm about to let it all out right now. All right. I love ASM I love ASMR. And sometimes I catch my like at work. I'll put on. I won't watch it, but I'll like listen to ASMR at work, especially when I'm stressed because it like calming. It's relaxing, and even if like the office is super quiet, like the quietness of the video like kind of calms me down. But there's so many weird ASMR videos. And straight up, like this week, I watched a, a girl eating a pickle for 40 minutes without talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, then it, <laughs> and then I came across, like, ew, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but there's straight up two videos out there where it's like Shrek does ASMR and it's like Shrek CGI. And then it's like the one of them. <laughs> and I didn't need to watch it, but it just like came up. I swear to God. But it's like Shrek ASMR role play as your boyfriend. And it's, like, this really bad CGI of Shrek, like, trying to whisper as, like, as if he's my boyfriend. <laughs> I'm like, dude, if anyone knew I was watching this right now, they, I would be, like, questioned. But it's fucking funny. It's funny as hell. And, like, there's just, like, the weirdest ASMRs. like, people just, like, like making sandwiches for an hour. And, like, you wouldn't think that it's, like, a calming sound. But I straight up watched this one video of this lady making sandwiches for, like, an hour and a half. Cause the sound of the Ziploc is like, like nothing I've ever heard before. It's hilarious.
0: So you prefer them like doing stuff like rather than just like whispering.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't know. Like I'll like they're whispering about something interesting. Like I like, like I like watching like ASMR cooking videos or like ASMR, like talking like book recommendations or like, Girls like washing their face or doing their makeup, but they're talking about the products. So it's like they're still talking about it, but they're just like whispering and like tapping on the, on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I'm like, oh, I, I could be an a- an ASM artist as they call themselves.
2: There you yeah.
1: go. So how it, I'm like super embarrassed if, if anyone was here like looking at me, my face is very red. <laughs> I can't believe I just said
0: that. <laughs> That's funny. I, I'm I'm happy that y- you shared that because um, uh, I know exactly like what I'm um, obviously ASMR is, and I I've seen videos here and there, but just the fact that you're you're watching <laughs> Shrek try to pretend to be your boyfriend is so funny. No,
1: okay, look, that one is on accident, and it's hilarious. <laughs> like, dude, it's fucking. I have, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, like, my favorite meme of all time right now is, like, the Shrek CGI meme. Like, there's one of, like, this, like, computer image of Shrek riding a dirt bike and, like, crashing and, like, Shrek doing push-ups to, like, Eye of the Tiger. So when I saw, like, a Shrek CGI, CGI and it said ASMR, I was like, oh, it's game over. Like, I know what I'm watching. But it was the first one where it's just, like, regular ASMR and it's, like, this guy talking, like, Shrek but whispering. And then, like, you know how it'll play, like, the next recommended video? So yeah. I was listening to it. I wasn't, I was at work, like, cause I wasn't watching it. I was just listening to it. And then I just, hit, like, I'll send you a link. But, like, it just came up and I was like, what the fuck is this? And, like, it's straight up, like, Shrek role playing as your boyfriend ASMR. And I was like, wow, I need to just delete my account. <laughs> I, this is just getting weird.
0: Yeah. And you're definitely on some list now since you watched that video.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's pretty embarrassing. Whatever. Only Shrek can judge me. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, one thing that you you also do that um, piques my interest is I I saw that you got into jujitsu.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not like any. I only been doing it for like maybe two and a half to three months, but it's something I always wanted to do. And I I recently like within the last like year and a half like. I started to be more like physically active and doing more exercise and I always like see people do it. And I, I always heard good things just about like the mental aspect of it. So I'm, I'm like, you know what? I I always toyed with the idea of I want to, I want to try that out. And then one day I was just like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to just try and sign up for a class. And at first I was super scared, but I did it. And it's just fun. And like everyone there is the community and like the whole principal jujitsu is like super cool and like, just really nice. So I've I've been doing that. and Have two stripes. I'm, I'm still a white belt, and I'm not I'm not very like. It's not a, the thing about judo. It's it's not about being good. It's just about like doing the best that you can and applying yourself and like just learning and, and having the best experience you can get. So I freaking love it. I've been like it's just I'm so happy I signed up and I just went out of my comfort zone to do it. And like I hope I hope one day like when I get good enough and I go up a couple of belts, I can. can compete I think that it's something I've never done I've never really been a sports person I've never been like active or anything but it's really like opened up a new like side of my head kind of like oh I should compete I should maybe I should try doing like other sports but yeah it's super fun
0: and I was curious why did you decide to go with um, gi versus no gi
1: Uh, well the gym that I signed up at the nogi you ha- like at this specific one that i went to like the nogi i think you have to be like a certain belt color so once i'm like a blue belt i'll probably do that too but i, I just wanted I, I wanted to just be, do like the traditional end of it okay but i i would like to do nogi so like i if god forbid anything happened when i'm in public i i, can, I know how to like defend myself without having to grab onto like someone's belt or collar which I do. Like, I learned the techniques now, but no, no gi, like, a no gi jujitsu class is, like, gonna make me, like, a lethal weapon. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
0: So
1: w- once I can do it, I'm gonna do it.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. But, and yeah. you'd be so surprised that, like, how like normal people who don't know anything about jujitsu, like don't know how to properly apply chokes or how the, like they right. leave themselves open to get put in like a choke. So yeah. the, the fact that you're learning yeah. jujitsu, I, I think is awesome. And you'll be able to like, obviously, um, you'll get good. Eventually you just gotta um, stay at it. But the fact that you'll be able to know yeah. how to properly defend yourself is like something really, yeah. really awesome. Well, the
1: classes I do right now are like all women's self-defense like so we will learn like in the beginning of the class like a self-defense technique and then we'll learn how that applies to like jujitsu, and then we'll actually practice jujitsu. so i already kind of like am learning that especially because it's like a couple of the, like if i do and so if i don't do the co-ed class and all the girls classes like with the intent of self-defense and i already feel like much more like confident like especially if i'm playing shows and i am like a smaller girl so like if we're playing shows like Kind of like a sketchy area and i have to go you know bring my gear to my car by myself like i don't feel like as like unsafe i feel a little bit more confident in myself that i can i can take on anyone
2: you know?
0: <laughs> yeah just I'll slap on, on a, a triangle and to. you'll be fine
1: <laughs> yeah open a can of whoop ass and it's over for these hoes
0: <laughs> That's cool. Um so w- when you're um actually like uh, you know at the gym training, are you like th- like a jujitsu nerd where you're like w- like wanting to learn like every aspect of it or are you just kind of going with like whatever lessons they're teaching?
1: Uh well, I it will train like this like every week like the coach that has like a specific training and specific movement we'll focus on for that week like a side mount attack or like how to take down someone like standing up. So like you'll learn like a specific like area that week and then like the first half of the week you learn like one one like defense and like attack and then the second half you learn like another way to do it and then the end of the week you do like specific training like where you kind of spar with each other on the techniques that you learned Okay. so i i I definitely want to know everything but like i have to like you do abide by the lessons they're giving you that day but i i'm not gonna lie I, i i go on youtube and i'll look up like just to just do basics or like just hints and like tips, I guess, like how to like better yourself. But it's really just about like listening to your coach and applying yourself. So I want to know everything and I want to be good. And I get to see like, when I do like the mixed co-ed classes, like, especially I'm inspired by like the women, like the blue belt, purple belt women. And like, there's a couple of like female coaches that's at my gym. So I'm like, I want to be like as badass as them and know everything, but, what's cool about jujitsu is like i can train with like a purple belt or blue belt and they'll obviously help me out like but they're even still learning so like jujitsu is like very much like you, you'll never finally know it all you're always going to be learning
0: yeah for there's sure. so much to learn yeah especially when like there's so many different techniques and it depends on like you know kind of like the meta like what's going on um so you kind of gotta like you know learn like proper defense techniques to like what's like currently popular and then even like you know people could like sneak in and use techniques that aren't like super common at that moment and then it will kind of like popularize like that move and then you'll have to learn the defense for that it's like yeah it's always like changing it's awesome
1: yeah. And I'm still a white belt, so you know what I mean. I'm trying I'll learn the movements, but I have to like okay, remember not to create space, keep yourself small, like what how to like feel for like you know, if you're if I'm holding onto their arm and like what what's their leg doing? So I'm still trying to like learn the awareness of it. But once I start to get going, I'll, I'll learn like better techniques. But and I'm excited. It's super fun.
0: Do you follow, like, like the Jiu-Jitsu, like, um, like, community? Like, like a lot of, like, the tournaments and, like, the popular, like, um, Jiu-Jitsu guys?
1: Honestly, no. Like, I, I, I didn't know anything about, like, I didn't, I straight up just didn't really know anything about Jiu-Jitsu. Like, I I used to, like, hate watching fights, like, the MMA fight. I still don't really like it. It just, like, kind of scares me. Like, I don't really like seeing, like, people be bloody and, like, fighting. Mm-hmm. But now, like now that I'm training, I'm like, okay, I get it now. And like, I think like there's like the kids competition this weekend, and I've like I follow a couple of like our local gyms and coaches, so I'll, like, and I could I hear them like training, like coaching them like during the competition. So now I have like more of an interest in like learning about the professionals because I understand it a little bit more. But before, I never really even followed or knew anything about it. Okay, I just knew I wanted to try it.
0: I, I definitely gotta send you some links um, afterwards uh, of like some of like my favorite uh, jiu jitsu players right now, and you can kind of just like go from there. Yeah. Hit that YouTube rabbit hole.
1: Yeah, for real. Welcome back to my channel. Today we're doing a jiu jitsu vlog. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: ASMR. Today
2: we're doing
1: ASMR jiu jitsu.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow, okay. (laughs) You sound like a natural. You just got to start your own YouTube channel and get the Gina gang rolling.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Follow my Patreon, like and subscribe, hit the bell. Comment down below what you want to see next.
0: Oh, wow. Um, That's (laughs) funny. Well... This has uh, definitely been, like, way more fun than I ever thought it was going to be, Gina. Oh, thank you. Uh, you had me talk about um, what I do in the DMs, which I've never done. Yeah. So I'm slightly embarrassed about oh, that. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, Dude, your next series is uh, the Disney DM of the week, and then you can just post <laughs> that on, on your, your page. I'm a content creator now.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'll, I'll have to um, talk to you off air, and then you can be my um, <laughs> like my PR person and kind of guide me in the right direction. <laughs> hell yeah well before we um, wrap things up is there anything you want to shout out or plug uh
1: monster zero ultra is the best drink of all time that's
0: it all right well, there you guys have it uh, thank you guys <laughs> for i'm um, listening to the podcast i really appreciate it and i hope you guys tune in next week and this has been another episode of the jamer k podcast always on top